audience, welcome back to Our View. And this week we have a great show for you. It is our interview with Ken and Julie Davis, who are full-timers and have just completed their first year. So they're going to share with us their uh, pros and cons and what they've learned in their first year of being full-time RVers. Welcome to Our View with your hosts, George and Lisa Hernandez. Each week, listen in as George and Lisa talk about their RV and travel adventures all around the world. George and Lisa travel in their 40-foot Class A Tiffin motor coach and tow their Jeep Wrangler, always looking for fun and adventure. Hi, welcome back to Our View Podcast. I'm Lisa Richard Hernandez. And I'm George Hernandez. And today we have with us Ken and Julie Davis. They are our first year full-time RVers. And we're gonna, they're going to share with us any tips and insight that they have. Welcome, Ken and Julie. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Hi, Lisa and George. How are you guys today? Great. Um, well, just to tell you a little bit about ourselves, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit, maybe let Ken chime in as well. Um, we, as you said, are full-time RVers. We've been doing it almost a year to the day now. Uh, we left uh, Connecticut, which was our home base, uh, on May 30th of last year. And um, we've been married, September will be 24 years now, been together 28, I believe, going on 28. And um, yeah, that's, that's, that's where we're coming from. We, we've just been doing this for about a year now. And uh, before that, we were uh, weekend warriors with various different rigs from travel trailers to fifth wheels to a gas motorhome. And now we have a diesel motorhome. Hi, I'm Ken. Uh, and uh, we've been doing 20 years of RVing. This is our first year full timing. And uh, we started out with a 26 foot travel trailer, 94, four winds. From there, we went to a fifth wheel, a 2000. Ten, five fifth wheel sorry and uh from there we went to a gas uh 36 foot gas motorhome and then from there we b- upgraded to a 09 diesel uh tiffin so i think we when we met you guys in key west uh at boyd's campground i think you guys were in your gas rv is that yep, correct they still had the gas one yes we still had the gas one yep. wow wow so for this p- past year that you've been in there full time, you've been in the Tiffin. Uh, we spent, I'd say, about half of that time. So we left Connecticut in May of 2020. Uh, met you guys in July in Key West, and then shortly thereafter went to Tampa and bought the Tiffin Diesel. Uh, didn't actually pick that up or, or get that into our possession until September. So we've been in the Diesel since September of last year. Okay. So tell us, are you both retired or are you still working? Uh, I'm a retired firefighter. I did 25 years with the city of New Haven in Connecticut as a firefighter professional. Um, Right now, I'm currently retired. And I am somewhere in between uh, semi-retired, I guess you would say. I've been, uh, I took some time off from a job that I had for about 15 years um, with a Uh, private university and took some time off to settle our house get that sold get it out you know get it on the market get it sold and get on the road and just recently was contacted by that former employer and i'm going to be starting some uh temporary work for them part-time um 
doing it remotely, which wasn't really an option when we initially left. But, you know, thanks to COVID and everything that's been going on, they're a little more flexible and willing and able to take on some people that are working from different areas of the country, which is great for me. Wow, that's awesome. I guess there's all kinds of little silver linings, I think, from COVID. And one of that, uh, I mean, even affected me and my business as well is just being able to work remotely and people expect it now more than more than uh, they used to, you know, just even just over a year ago. So I think it's going to be the norm for a lot of businesses. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it's going to be the norm for a lot of businesses. Yeah. So you told us that you've been RVers for, I guess, what, um, over 20 years now. So for a long time, what made you decide to go full time? (laughs) Where do we start? Yeah, where do we start? I, I think a lot of it is just we, we've decided that life's too short and that we want to start seeing this country. Uh, Julie and I have traveled abroad, not so much abroad, but out of the out of the continental United States. And now it's time that we kind of want to see the national parks and what this country has to offer for us. Yeah. And, and we also just were uh, born and bred New Englanders, lived in Connecticut, born and raised and kind of tired of um, the rat race there and the weather, especially in the winter time, and wanted to uh, just be where it was warmer most of the time and not have to deal with snow and, and all of that fun stuff. Well, the good thing now is if uh, you can move around. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Avoid the cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what have, uh, speaking of moving around, what have been your favorite places that you've been to so far? And tell us a little bit about where you've stayed this year and um, what kind of things you've seen so far. A few of the, the, the places that we really enjoyed was when we were down in Key West, where we're actually we met you guys. And then we've traveled from anywhere from Key West all the ways up to Acadia National Park in Bar Harbor, Maine was the farthest north we've done so far. And I say Acadia National Park is just gorgeous. If you anybody gets a chance to go and see it, do it. It's just uh, so gorgeous. How far, yeah, have, how far have you guys gone west? Uh, Tennessee is the farthest we've gone west. Okay, so you've been focusing on the east coast. Pretty much this year, we have been focusing just on the East Coast, and that's our plans for supposedly coming soon, that we are thinking maybe heading west and seeing what, like, start making our way towards the west and seeing out the west. It's beautiful out there. Yeah, we just yeah, did. We yeah. just did. I got to pick your, guy, your guys' brain uh, at another time about your trip out there and get some get some tips and pointers. Yeah, same. We this we were hoping this summer to make our trip up the East Coast also to the, you know, up to Maine. And but we wanted to go up into Nova Scotia and stuff. So we're kind of holding off on that until we can get into Canada, um, which I don't think we can still do right now very easily. No, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it's no, open I yet. No, I don't think they've opened it up yet. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, but and that's one of the one of the joys of, of full timing or any travel with the RV, I guess, is you have to be flexible. Our our original plan after we made it down to Key West and spent the winter in Florida was to head back up to Maine, but through a different route rather than back up the, the same the East Coast that we went down. We were going to go up through Alabama, um, Tennessee, Kentucky. 
um, but they were having so many crazy tornadoes and other uh, weather events that it, we just decided it wasn't worth the risk. Yeah, and that we would hit those states at another time. But we did we did eventually make it inland on the way up and and see a little bit of Tennessee and the Smoky Mountains uh, National Park, which was beautiful as well. So we got a little bit inland, but not the original route that we had planned. So, all right. So let me ask you this. You, you're like, okay, we just sold our house and we're going to live in our RV full time. And here we go. Did you have like a game plan? Like, did you have reservations in Florida? Did you had, did you plan out your first year or did you sort of just wing it as you go? So we kind of, our first year, we, when, after we sold the house and everything, a lot of it was going back down to Florida, going down to Florida and, domicile to change over our domicile where we live and register our vehicles and all that and then while we were in florida waiting on a few things we decided to go down to key west and then on the way back up we just kind of enjoyed florida that we said why don't we just stay for the winter so it wasn't kind of a planned thing it was more of a we were originally going down registering it and then moving on but it was more we decided just to hang out in florida for the winter and see what it took uh, where how it took us let me ask you a question so you Mm -hmm. just decided to stay in florida for a couple months how difficult was it to find a place to stay that you know and is that what you guys are doing like picking a spot and staying for a couple months at a time um, really, the the Florida spot was the only time that we really spent uh, an extended period of time, and we did five months there. And um, it actually wasn't as hard as you might have you might think it, it would have been because we did kind of wait till the the last minute to make that decision and pull the trigger. Um, I think one of the things that helped us out is the fact that the Canadian border was still closed, and a lot of Canadians tend to come down and um, snowbird in Florida in the winter. And so those spots were available to be snatched up. So we kind of got lucky, I think on that front, I don't know if that would be the same case in in other years. Um, So that's another way that we kind of benefited, I guess you would say from, from COVID. Yeah. Not as many people out. What was was the place that you stayed in Florida? Where was it for five months? It was uh, Sherwood forest RV park in Kissimmee, Florida. It's part of the thousand trails network. Oh, okay. Can you just, just for our listeners, give us an idea of like how much it, does it cost to stay there a month? And did they give you a monthly rate? Like, do you save money by staying longer? How, how does that work? Yes. Yeah, you absolutely do. We, um, they, they had, if I remember correctly, different programs. I think you could do like a three-month program, a five-month, a six-month, or then yeah. an annual. Um, and obviously, the more time you stay, the better the discount gets. I I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I think it was somewhere around 800 or so a month based okay. on what we did. Um, we did a five month. So we did just short of, you know, a half a year. But it, it ranges because when we looked at places to stay for the five months, we looked at all different other places. To, we wanted to check the place out because if we were going to be there for five months, we wanted to make sure that it was comfortable, there. comfortable. It was decent enough. The amenities were decent and it was clean. But there's other places you could be thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars for the month. Yeah. So it's you know, with us it was all our budget, what we wanted to spend for five months as opposed to doing thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars a month 
of yeah. everything. And with me not working at that time, we obviously wanted to keep the costs a little lower as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, I'm sure people that are thinking about going full time, their biggest question is, can we afford it? You know, like, right. and I know when we did our uh, cross country trip, we, lo- we, we kept really good track of all our expenses and it was a pretty expensive trip to do, but we figured the reason is because we spent so much money on fuel because we only stayed at each place, maybe three to five days where we said, you know, if we were full timing, maybe we would stay longer and it would, you know, it would be much more reasonable uh, on a long-term basis. Yeah, we were also doing the whirlwind tour um, right. where we already said that next time we go back West Coast, we have a couple places that we want to go to, and that's it. We just go there, mm-hmm. hang out for whatever amount of time we want to hang out, and enjoy it. Yeah, when before we had gone full-time, we were doing a lot of weekend warrior stuff where we just stayed for the weekends and this and that, and... Julie and I, our first year with the first gas, with the gas motorhome, we did a trip down to Savannah. Savannah, That's it. Savannah and back up. And I just felt like we didn't have enough time. We had learned from that, that it it just felt like every time we were somewhere, I would say, all right, I got to drive tomorrow. I got to get back in the seat and drive tomorrow. Absolutely. So, So we were... The second time we went down, we actually did longer of a of a trip down and did more time in spots as opposed to bouncing from spot to spot. And right. that kind of we learned from that to when now when we travel, it's also a little more flexible for us because we can say, all right, we're in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee or this place. We want to spend a couple extra days. We have that flexibility where we don't have to be back to something. Right. Exactly. That's nice. I I think that's probably one of the biggest, maybe sort of rookie rookie mistakes because I know we made that mistake and uh, is is over planning. Like, okay, we're gonna be here for three days, and just like you said, one day you spend setting it yourself up and you're waiting to check in, and then you get there, and then. You're like, oh crap! Tomorrow we're leaving, so I can't. Lose. Yeah, it's sort of like, and it's still a struggle. It's still a struggle, and, and but I, I think it gets easier with time. I yeah, guess. and I also always say, it, it, when even if you're like, I don't know who, what you're, when you're a weekend warrior or you're traveling as full time, you lose at least one day of camping. Just got you got to figure it that way. Yeah, Be- between driving there, setting up, and then breaking down and driving back yes. to or or driving. So if you're doing just a weekend, you lose actually one day of camping. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, one full day when you put it all together. Yep. And that's how I felt. Yeah. I loved our West Coast trip, but for me, I felt like I was always behind the wheel because yeah. like yeah. like Lisa said, we the longest we stayed anywhere was Moab, right? Yeah, where like we stayed days. for 5 days. Everything else was 2 to 3 days, so it was like set up and then I'm breaking it down again. Drive, set up, break it down. Drive, set up. Yeah. So yeah, it, and you guys did what three or four weeks or something. We like had that? forty-five days. Forty-five days. Forty-five days. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. six weeks. Yeah, so every third day. Sounds like a lot when you when you think when you say it, but then when you actually put it into practice. Yeah, I mean, when you consider we went all the way up from you know Charleston, South Carolina to Seattle, Washington, mm-hmm. and all the way down the east, uh, west coast, uh, Oregon to California, and all the way back across. I mean. Really, it's 45 days is not that much. We we did a lot in those 45 days, and I loved that trip. 
but I'm really looking forward to going back out there and actually picking Slowing a place down. and and spending yeah. time wherever yeah. it is that we decide to go. Yeah. And and that's that's one of the big things with us traveling is we decided that we're looking for our forever place. As as maybe as we're traveling around we're seeing all new places saying, well maybe we want to settle here or maybe we want to settle here when we feel that we can't do this anymore. Yeah, okay. That that's a that's a really good question because you know, I've got some people that are on the other end of this of 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 this full timing and I feel like from a lot of people that I've talked to it averages out to be about 7 years is the average amount of time 7 year itch yeah that people are full time in the RV some go a little longer some go a little less but um it seems to be that part where they start looking back and going into like a permanent home again and um they right. call it sticks and bricks back to sticks and bricks <laughs> <laughs> do you or at least a home base where you're where you're you know Right, putting your your motorhome and then going off, yeah, yeah, to different places from there. But yeah. yeah, one of the big things for us is we wanted to see as much of the country as we can before we say, oh, we want to settle here, and then realize, well, maybe this wasn't really the best place for us, or maybe this isn't exactly what we want. In right, a place well, that we're going to settle down. Let's see as much of it as we can and make a, as much of a uh, educated decision as we can by seeing many places and you got to experience going, it you're actually living yes. there and you're you're mm -hmm. part of the community and you can right. you can get a true feel for that area where if you go on vacation you're there for a week maybe and you're trying to do all the touristy stuff exactly yeah exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's funny because what george and i c concluded after our 45 day cross-country trip is that we want to have own places in four different parts of the country <laughs> and live in each one for three months because we couldn't decide, you know, like we want to be in Florida in the winter and, you know, Moab in the fall and Hilton head in the spring. <laughs> Sounds good to me. But, but in all, exactly. In all reality, I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but that is to me just such a good plan if we could pull it off because then you got three places. I would love to have one on the West coast, one in Florida and one somewhere sure. on the East coast. And then you just move around and like yeah. I said before, run yeah. from the cold, run yeah. from hurricanes, yeah, right. run from whatever, whatever. run yeah. from your kids. You always, <laughs> you always find that your, your parents, whoever. You, you follow the 70 degree weather. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Chase the sun, as they say. Right? Yeah. Well, hey, let's all go in on a, on a few houses. You can take, you know, a well, few months at one. We'll take a few months at another. We'll swap. Yeah. You know, it'll all be great. Yeah. <laughs> I also like, I love there's some really nice RV resorts that have like casitas with them or whatever. So you could like mm -hmm. keep your coach parked there and then have a little bit of extra yeah. living space. I really like that. Mm -hmm that feel oh, yeah. um so what is your favorite place Do, would you say was was the national park in maine so far that you've been to or where was your favorite place so far i would have to say mine would be acadia national park so far we did the great smoky mountains national park and that was another gorgeous place there was just something about there Acadia. Was, yeah where you you're on the top of the mountain and you're looking out over into the bar Harbor Bay and all the, all the lakes and everything. It was just gorgeous. Some amazing, just some amazing views. And it was right there pretty much in our backyard growing up, but I never went to Acadia. I mean, not in our backyard, maybe a six hour trip from us, but I had never gone 
um, as a, as a kid, I've been to Bar Harbor, but not to the park itself. And the park is just incredible. It's just beautiful. Okay. So that sounds like your favorite place to visit out of your year of travel and staying in different places so far where if, when you, when you call it a day, have you come across a place that you, you right now would say, you know what, this is a nice place to live. Oh boy, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. What you say, Ken? Yeah. I mean, coming from the East coast, being a, a Northeastern, I'd have to say probably like, savannah or even charleston or mount pleasant where you guys are or or that area you know just because of the heritage and being close to the water and stuff like that i'd have to say that would be on the east coast a place for us to settle down right we're a little biased but yes this is an (laughs) awesome place (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we we kind of love it, you know. It's not too shabby. We, we might stay here for a while. Yeah, yeah. this might be one of our home bases. <laughs> oh, just a quick side note: I came here in '98 to check it out, see if I liked it. Still trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's horrible, funny. right? <laughs> so you guys tow a vehicle, is that correct? Yes. Yes. A jeep. Yes, it's an 07 Jeep Wrangler. And how do you like that? And have you always had a tow vehicle or did you just do this when you went full time? Uh, I actually had the Jeep before we had the drivables. So I've had the I've had the Jeep before we had the the gas drivable. So we've always towed a vehicle. Okay. Uh, And I love my Jeep. I would probably always own a Jeep Wrangler just because I used to ride motorcycles and I like the openness of the top with the doors off and that freedom. Yeah. I have a little more around me now with the Jeep than the motorcycle, but hmm. that's what still gives you that it feeling. It still gives me that feeling of freedom, yeah. basically. Yeah, gotcha. Have you had a chance to take your Jeep on any like off-road or off-roading or anything like that? Not yet. I'm waiting for when I go out west. The, the east is tough because when you see some of these trails – all I think of is the bushes and the scratches going down the side of the yeah. the Jeep. Yeah, it's going to happen. But when you're going out, yeah, yeah, when you go out west, you have a little more open area yes. to do it. Yeah, yeah that's, you that's, only have boulders the size of houses. Yeah, Don't that's, worry about that's it. You won't hit any of it. That's where we had so much fun out in Moab and Utah and stuff. That was that's where we need to meet with the Jeep. That's what I was wondering. Um, so yeah, we haven't gotten to any of that yet, but I think definitely when we start heading out west, that's going to be part of the plan. Let us know. We'll meet you in Moab. So, what, oh, definitely. Absolutely. What do you think is the best part about living in the RV full time? I think it for me, it's the freedom, able to move around and see, see different places and the people we met. You know, we've met some amazing people that just to listen to their story and how they got into it and what they're doing and everything like that, whether they're full-time or just weekend warriors and everything, but we've met some amazing people. Uh, Yeah, that's very true. I agree hundred percent. I mean, I enjoy the travel and I enjoy seeing new places, but we have met some, some great people that we stay in contact with. Um, I mean, you guys included, we had some great times in Key West with you guys and then, you know, stopped by to visit in Charleston on our way back up. Um, we also met um, a couple in Daytona when we were down in Florida that are from 
Dallas, and they're making their way up to Acadia, and they're going to be stopping here in Connecticut for about a week starting next week. So we're going to be, um, they're going to be staying around the corner from us and we'll be hooking up with them. And we've just met some incredible people. I'm glad you said that. We found on our trip that we met the coolest people and Mm -hmm. and everybody's like-minded. You're doing the same thing. You're enjoying the same thing. So you're going to get along. We, I don't think we've come across anybody that we're like, oh my God, let's go and hide. Yeah. Everybody we've met. We've gone out to dinner with people. We we went and we took say, a couple out for yeah. their birthday in, in Oregon. It's just, it's such a nice community. Yes. It really is. You know what else, too, about the community is if you're having a problem with your rig or oh, somebody yeah. else is having a problem, even though you don't even know that person that's right next to you, you're all, somebody's always there to say, help you out and try figuring yeah. out what's going on with your rig or stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They're always willing to jump in and we're the same way, you know, so a neighbor here could, we might not have met them, but they could come knocking on our door right now. And if, if they need help with something or, or there, if there's anything we can do, if we have a part, if we have a tool, if uh, can, we can just uh, offer our, our time and assistance, then we'll, we're, we'll gladly help them out. That's how we met the couple in Oregon. The husband came over and asked mm-hmm. me if I remember how to reset the code for the door. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, I think I have it somewhere. Let me look it up. And next thing I know, you know, we were, I'm looking everywhere. We're looking on the Internet. Now we're having a beer and we're talking. And it was his birthday. And we ended up going out to dinner with them that night. Yeah. <laughs> Just from asking one question. Yeah. 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 I love that about the whole RV community. I think... Um, yeah. That's probably one of the coolest things about it to me. Just like you said, as I love being able to meet new people, and so th- that 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 leads to a question. You two have been married for a long time, so it seems like you must still like each other. Um, do you, Most of the time. Do you, how how does that go? Like from moving into from a house to all of a sudden you're living in basically 600 square feet, like. Has that affected your relationship at all? I'm sure that's a question that people would want to know. Like, I don't even know if I could live with my husband in an right. RV for a year. What's, you know, how has that no. affected your relationship? It hasn't, actually. We've actually been really good. We we came from a small house. Our, our sticks and bricks was only 900 square feet. But I, I also always say that my schedule when I was a professional firefighter kind of helped our relationship because we weren't always together. There'd be some days where I'd be coming off at nights and she'd be going into work and we'd just be ships passing. Right. So we didn't have that constantly always at each other every day or something like that. We'd be days where we wouldn't even see each other. But at the same time, it also made it a little bit more of a challenge when we jumped into well, before we jumped into full-time, I guess you would say, because he retired a couple of years before we did the full-time thing. So going from that crazy schedule where we weren't seeing each other a lot to suddenly us being him being home all the time, I was still working. So it was kind of a gradual, I guess you would say, adjustment from him retiring to me still working to us going full-time and then us both being in the rig all the time. It, it definitely made for an adjustment, but it really hasn't been too bad. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's not really any we, we keep it's, saying we haven't killed each other yet <laughs> there's not very many places to get away from each other <laughs> no no there isn't with with the bigger rig too is like 
we have the the door that you could close off between the bedrooms. So if we do want separation, I can go outside and tinker with stuff outside while she's inside doing stuff, or she could go in the back and watch television, or I could go in the back and watch television while the other person. So there is ways of making your own space, right. so to say. Yeah. Then you take off and run errands yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. We 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 kind of do the same thing without consciously doing it like mm-hmm. i'll just go outside and turn the tv on or <laughs> blow the leaves or do something or lisa will go it, it, it's funny i think we yeah. all we all know when we need a little bit of space yeah. and we just do it it's not like okay i need space you need to go here and <laughs> you need to go there yeah, we haven't had space. that yet <laughs> yeah yet. yeah yeah <laughs> all right get away from me and the other thing too is anybody that owns one of these rigs or a, a camper or something always knows that there's little things that need to be done on it. So for me, I go out and I tinker with the little things that little projects that I, I need to go, whether it's general maintenance, keeping up with making sure the stairs are lubed or the, you know, little stuff like that Yeah. to keep up with the general maintenance on it, that I'll go outside and tinker with that while she's doing whatever she's doing in the air, doing cleaning or laundry or, yeah. you know, cooking a meal or something and we kind of we kind of somehow it's worked out where most of my stuff i kind of focus on the interior stuff and he focuses on the exterior stuff we help each other out but for some reason it just kind of shook out that way yeah Yeah. we kind of always do that so we've we've talked to a couple people and there there seems to be like a lot of people that do full-time have a maintenance day do you guys do that or do you guys do it as you need it and I do it as I need it, but I try to keep up with it. So I know, okay, we have a Google calendar that we kind of keep everything in because half the time I don't know where I am or where we're going next because of traveling. Right. So I kind of keep in there, okay, I changed out the filters and the AC intakes and on this day so i'll go back into that calendar and say oh it's been a month it's time to to, do it again need to do it again so it's kind of keeping up like that you know yeah we just recently started tracking the maintenance in that calendar it used to just be kind of our schedule of where we were going to be and when um but we started finding that oh we couldn't remember when we did this last maintenance item so let's start putting it in there as another task or a, an event or something so we can go back and look. I think that's a, that, that's a great idea. Yeah, I think that's a great tip Thank to you. use the Google calendar for that. And Ken and Julie's uh, use yeah. helpful tips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And both of us can see the calendar too, because we're it's both, a, it's a shared calendar. So yeah. we kind of know, okay, I can say, Hey, Jewel, put in this in the calendar and I can go back now and see, okay, I changed the filters or I, lube the steps and the slide the slides so little maintenance like that i do i don't get into the big maintenance i'd rather bring it to somebody with like the engine and that type of stuff but little stuff like that just to keep up on it right yeah yeah so that's also linked to oh sorry lisa uh, no that well i was just gonna say that kind of leads me to the question again that i think a lot of listeners will have about like how much does it cost you know, like, is maintenance expensive? Is, like, what have you found? I mean, obviously, there's cost of maintaining a home. Um, would you say it's more or less? Or how much do you need to budget for that kind of thing? Do you have any insight on that? 
I mean, it's hard to say because this we've only been in this this rig since September, so a lot of the little maintenance I do myself. So I haven't brought this yet in for its service, but which, we will, which I, I will do here. while I'm here in uh, in Connecticut. We stop back to see family and friends in Connecticut, so I will have it done while I'm here. But it's hard to really say because it, it, it's I don't know. Yeah, I think that's something that we're still kind of figuring out. Like you said, since we we've only had it since September, this will be really the first maintenance we've done on it. Um, since we bought it. Yeah. Yeah. So for our new listeners or people who are thinking about doing this, when you say your service, what does that entail? Are you doing a so, full checkup service or what are you, what are you doing? I probably would bring it to Freightliner just to have them go through it because we are going to be going cross country and making sure like the, the oil, um, is good or to have them change the oil, the fuel filters out and uh, make sure the belt is good so right. I don't have trouble when I'm back out in, in wet, out west on the road. So basically just a general pre- preventative maintenance on it right. is the easiest thing to say. You know, make sure the generator is running at top shape and right. And a lot that of these, type of stuff. A lot of RVs, most RVs, if not all of them, have a certain mileage where you have to bring it in and they do a complete um, service of everything to make sure that you're good. Have you done that yet? Yours might have been done prior to you purchasing it. How many miles do you have on your RV? Uh, 53,000. Okay. So yeah. I'm thinking it might have been done. I don't know exactly. And I know a lot of like the forums that I'm on for Tiffin and stuff like that on Facebook. A lot of them say, yeah, they usually bring it in once a year for it, the Freightliner to have service done on it. Right. Yep. Um, so well, like we haven't had it a year. Yeah. And, and you're doing the right thing. Like they always say, preventive maintenance is a lot cheaper than a major repair. Yes. Yeah. So what would you find was the biggest challenge? Like I can, I can't really like, I mean, we, you had a, 900 square foot house. So I guess you could, there's nowhere you could have had so, so much stuff to get rid of. Um, You'd be surprised. <laughs> but I mean, what what did you do with all your stuff? Did you just get rid of everything? Like, do you miss it? Yeah. What do you miss? Like, what's, what are the, what's the biggest challenges that you've had? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny that you, you say that because that was the note that I had for myself or for us. That was that I, I'd say the biggest challenge we had was purging and you know figuring out even though we did have a small house we did have quite a bit of stuff and like anybody else and figuring out what to purge what you're really going to use what you're not going to use um we essentially sold or or gave away all of our furniture um you know kept kitchen items and, and things of that nature and just kept a small uh storage unit with essentially um memorabilia and yeah and pictures and collectibles and stuff that we're we haven't quite figured out what to do with yet um but the purging and and determining what you were going to use and then after that just organizing what we do have we're still in the process we were still figuring out how to organize the original rig that we left in and then we bought this one and now we're still i'm always 
constantly buying new things for for organization and trying to tweak things and just make them work better for us and store better and um, be able to access them better. So that's that's a challenge, but it's kind of kind of fun in a way too because when I do get an area organized to the way we like it, it it's kind of a fun project to it's have also- done. It's also like a scavenger hunt when we first got in here because it's where'd we put that? <laughs> we know the feeling. Yeah, so true. <laughs> well, at least, I think we told you how scattered our, our move day ended up being with some of the things they had to fix on this rig. So we just kind of, it didn't go, the move did not go as planned. So things just got thrown in different corners and areas and then we spent months trying to figure out where we, did, where we put everything. <laughs> we It's funny, at least you don't have to, because half the time we're in the RV and we'll say, where's this? Oh, it's at the house. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be at the house. We'll say, where's this? Oh, it's at the RV. So oh, at wow. least, you know, it's somewhere. In the I RV. remember those days. Though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we went through that quite a bit. When yeah. We were weekend warriors. Yeah. yeah. But it's amazing how in such a small little place, things still disappear. Just mm-hmm. disappear. I know. <laughs> Hence I know. my, yeah. I think there's still a couple of things we haven't, still haven't found. I, I always tell a, a funny story with our gas rig. I lost a pair of, readers lost them so when we bought our gas rig we had a uh screen for the i was missing a screen for the driver's side window so i had the dealership build a new one for me because they they couldn't get one and this and that so i'm looking all over the place for these readers that i lost and i look behind the couch and i'm like oh there's a screen underneath the couch Never even knew the bottom of the couch after like five, six months, maybe almost a year, that the bottom of the couch pulled out and there was storage. Yes. <laughs> in your new one? And there was the missing screen. No, no, in the no, old in one. Oh, the old. The old gas one. <laughs> and there was the missing screen. And there screen. was the missing screen. But I did I did eventually find the, the reading glasses. Not there, but. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how things this. And, and those couches oh, yeah. do eat everything. Yeah. If something's oh, yeah. missing, look under the couch first. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's my yeah. my helpful tip to our listeners. <laughs> look under the couch first. And if you don't know, you can open up the whole couch and there's a huge storage space underneath the couch. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Well, for yes. most of them, I don't know if they if they're all like that. Yeah. <sighs> it, it's like that missing sock that from yes. the washer and dryer. Yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's under the couch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so what about like everyday things, like things that you don't really think about? I know you said that you went down to Florida to establish residency. How do you handle your day-to-day things like getting your mail and paying bills and, um, corresponding with people and and that kind of thing? Yeah. So, um, prior to us actually becoming full-timers, uh, friends of ours who were full-timers had turned us on to a service called St. Brendan's Isle. They're out of Green Cove Springs, Florida. And there's some similar um, other companies throughout the states. I think one in Texas, some maybe South Dakota. Um, and I think uh, Good Sam also might offer something, but we opted for St. Brendan's Isle. Um, and they are a service that essentially um, you pay money to almost like an easy pass where they pull money out as needed. They will scan our, they'll scan the outer portion of the envelope for us so we kind of and we usually have an idea of what that piece of mail is um just from that but if we opt for it we can have them open it up and scan the contents and then from there we can have them shred it uh send it to us at a campground or wherever we might be um or you can physically go there and pick it up if you're in the area 
Um, and it's pretty reasonable service and it's super helpful. We don't have a lot of mail going there, but, um, we do have some stuff going there and, you know, every so often we need to get a tax form or, you know, a new, um, credit card or something yeah. of that nature. And then we'll physically have a package sent oh. to us and that's, um, super helpful. But most of our bills are done online. Right. So pretty much everything we have, we could pay online. So that's, we don't even get paper, a lot of paper stuff anymore of our credit cards or our payment on the, the the rig or stuff like that it's all done online yeah either yeah. i physically go online and, and pay some and then there are other ones that we just have automatic payments for so like and you use that as an address for like people if people need to mail you something yes like yeah. do that. okay yeah. and then you you said that you established residency in florida how did like how do you is that is that through that same service like I guess, you know, as far as like taxes and things like that go, how do you work that part out? Exactly. Yeah. So we, um, I think initially before we went down to Florida, we started sending a couple of pieces of mail there um, because I believe if I'm not mistaken, we had to show a couple of pieces of mail when we actually went to re-register the vehicles. So we went down to Florida with our Jeep and the old um, gas rig and we went to the Clay County tax assessor's office is essentially where they do all of that. And just cha- we, using that address, we changed over our um, registrations for both vehicles and we both got new uh, driver's license. Um, the interesting thing about that, though, is that we assumed that they would use our address for uh, St. Brandon's Isle, which is a certain street address and then essentially almost a PO, uh, personal mailbox number like a unit number green cove springs florida uh but what they did was they used green cove springs and the license plate of our rig is the quote-unquote address on our license (laughs) both of our licenses so it's very odd (laughs) that's interesting that's funny yeah but that kind of makes sense in a way i mean that's yeah that's your home it is where we're living yeah we just just didn't realize that that was the process we assumed it would be the address that we use with the the our mailing address yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So if we ever need the license plate of our rig and we can't remember it, all we have to do is pull out our license. <laughs> wow. So you said your your travel plans for the future, you, you guys want to head out west. Are there any places that you have on your bucket list that you're specifically looking forward to heading out west? I have a couple. I, I've always wanted to go to Zion National Park and uh, Arches over there in Utah. Oh, I have Utah. I, I, those 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 have always been even like Grand Canyon. when we used to we've flown out to Vegas multiple times because we have friends that live out there. I've always wanted to go out to Zion and Grand Canyon and stuff like that, and we just never made it. So that's kind of on our bucket list to do. Yeah, definitely the national parks. I mean, that's not going to be our sole focus, but there's so many great parks out there, and we've heard so many great things from various oh my God. people that we want to start including you guys and just want to hit some of those some yeah. of those areas out there it's going to be so different than what we're used oh, to seeing on the east it's coast inc- it's incredible it's almost like being on a different planet i can't wait to hear <laughs> yeah hear your stories it. and what you're what you experience in that um so well, how you should join us i know that's why i was like <laughs> oh they're gonna go to moab we need to get out there i'm telling you George you can ask lisa Yes. If she said to me right now, let's load up the RV and go, I I I would be driving by 
three o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> well, you just may have to wait for a month or so. Because yeah. that's when we kind of leave Connecticut a month or two. Oh, so we're okay. only in Connecticut so we can meet you. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Let's do it. We'll do a podcast from Moab, Utah. Moab in August is very hot, though. Yeah, I don't know. It might be too hot but there. But all, all the parks out well, there, I mean, it, it is absolutely beautiful country out there. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. different than the East Coast. Oh, my God. Right. We, we absolutely loved it. Can't talk enough about it. Yeah. Well, we, we figured out we survived a summer in, in Florida. So we're hoping we can survive a summer out west. Uh yeah, in the de- in the desert. It's dry heat. Yeah, it's dry heat. The humidity is a bunch of crap. I'm just gonna tell you. Yeah, a hundred a hundred and ten is a hundred and ten. Super hot. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> just because you can't see the sweat does not mean it's hot. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, so how long? Uh, how long in your minds do you think you'll live this lifestyle? Like, is this just a temporary kind of a couple years thing or you're just going to keep on going until? We never really truly discussed it and, and put a, a deadline or a timeline on it. I think our, both of our feelings are kind of like as long as we still enjoy it, you know, can still do it physically. Um, and it up until we find our quote unquote, you know, forever home or, or our retirement location, so to speak. I, I don't think there's any real, we never said two years, three years. I think it's as long as we're still enjoying it and it doesn't get too tiresome and, and we haven't found that place that we're like, Oh, this is it. You know, we, we don't need to go anywhere else. And I think even with finding like the forever place to stay, we may just park the rig in a, in an RV lot and live there yeah. and yeah. then travel for the weekends and just kind of do keep doing that. until basically until we can't do it anymore. Yeah. Is how yeah. I look at it. That's a great plan. A lot of people yeah. that we've talked to that have given up the lifestyle has been because of that, they're, they're getting older and it's becoming a little more difficult. And, you know, we've talked to a lot of people who have been doing it for 10 years. And after ten years, they're they're just ready. They're ready to yeah. go back into. Yeah, and they're in their late sixties. Right, and, and that's what I mean. Yeah. It just gets harder as you get older. Um, you know, right. there, there is a lot to do to keep that rig running, and and it just they just ten years is a long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but nobody, nobody that we've ever talked to has any regrets about doing it. They love the lifestyle. They actually hate that they have to give it up. But you know, right. yeah, yeah. Generally, I would say that's true. So what? Yeah, I would. I would agree. What? Uh, just kind of to wrap it up. What are? What would be your biggest words of advice after your first year? And I'll ask that question from each of you. So, Julie, you go first and tell me what are your biggest words of advice you'd give anybody considering going full time in their RV? Well, I we say this to people all the time. I mean, I say if if it's something you're even remotely considering. Don't wait, you know, do everything you can to to make it happen and just enjoy it. Uh, Life is too short. I I think our only regret is that we didn't plan for this sooner and didn't um, jump into the the full time lifestyle sooner. Uh, That I think that's our only regret. It's it's really it's been really great so far. We've we've had a lot of great travels, met a lot of great people and 
I just wish we had started doing it sooner. All right. What about what about you, Ken? Does that leave you anything? <laughs> not, not much, but I, I <laughs> no, I, I would, I would say just don't wait. You know what I mean? The, the people that we met and the places that we have seen, and we've only done the whole Eastern seaboard so far is just amazing. Um, people we met, we've are now lifelong friends with, and it's, it's too short of a time that you're on this planet that you, I, I, I tell a friend, I don't want to be 70, 80 years old saying, I wish I should have, could have, would have. I want to be, do you remember when we did this? Or do you remember when we did that? Or do you remember when we, we drove cross country? It's just do it. Life's too short is the biggest thing, you know? That's such great advice. And, so somebody said something to me one time, and I'll, I'll repeat it to you guys. On your tombstone is your birthday and the day you passed away, and that little line in between is your life. Mm-hmm. And it, so it's true. it's so crazy when you think about it that way, <laughs> that we have such a little bit of time in this planet, and we should just enjoy every minute that we can. Absolutely. Yes, yes. I mean, every day is getting one day closer, and it's just, let's just enjoy what we have and do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we kind of learned that even. The other thing is there's so much to see in this beautiful country that like mm-hmm. there's so many places, just like all these national parks, like you said. We learned that just from our 45 days on the road was like, oh, my God, there's so many things to see I can't believe it's taken me 50 years to see it. You know? And we did 45 yeah. days and we didn't even scratch the surface. And right. there's so many yeah. places that we had to, to pass on because we were like, we just don't have time. We got it. We'll come back to this one. We'll come back to Crater Lake. We'll come back to this. We'll, mm-hmm. It was just, there's so much to see. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing is, I hope when people say we co- we'll come back to it, that they actually do go back to it. Yes, because sometimes you sometimes I know I'll, I say, oh, well, I'm just going to go up here and on my way back, I'll stop and look at that. No, stop. Yeah, don't. Yeah. No regrets. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, not one. Not one letter. All right. Well, Ken and Julie, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Maybe we'll have to check thank in you. with you again next year when you're on your second year and see if you have any other new words of wisdom from your uh, cross country trip, or maybe we'll check in with you while while you're uh, while you're doing your West Coast tour and see how you're Absolutely. doing over there. Get some advice and, and, for our listeners. And maybe if we, if you do that, you could be sitting next to us instead of on a. That's a phone right. Call. That's right. We'll have to. <laughs> I will be. We'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to. We'll have to. We'll have to rendezvous so we can do an in person podcast together. That sounds awesome. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we'll put any information that we had in our show notes, and you can uh, reach out to us if you have any questions at rviewpodcast.com. And we look forward to uh, seeing you again soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Absolutely. guys. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Our View. Don't forget to drop us a line at rviewpodcast.com. That's the letter R, viewpodcast.com. And like, subscribe, and follow us so you don't miss out on our next adventure.